And welcome, everybody. Week 11 of the Blitz simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. I am your host, Chris Westfall. So glad you could join us for an hour's worth of football talk here on Preston County's Mountaineer Station 96.7 K-Country. Joining me tonight from our infamous Studio B, Neil Waldeck, alongside of Kelly Gamble and our absent friend, Aaron Host. Absent again. Taking another bye week. He, he's watching more video. He's got a two-game lead now. He's been on fire ever since that bye week. Yeah. Watching more video. I, yeah. I know what he's doing. That's what he's doing. And uh, he's wanting to make sure that he captures uh, this win, the championship of the uh, picks. Well, he wants that free dinner. Because he, he is going to pick, like, the most expensive place in town. I, I know Aaron Hope. Yeah, he said he's going to get a big steak dinner. Oh, man. Door. I'm very proud of uh, the resiliency of Aaron Host, the hey. young, young Mr. Aaron Host that is 21 years old, I believe. He, uh, <laughs> he's definitely made a major comeback this year. And he's he making has. Old guys look a little bad. He is. Yeah, he's done his homework, that's for sure. We'll update you on the status of the picks here a little bit later in the show. Guys, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Just a preview of what's to come. We got job openings coming available. Florida State is the first real big job to come open this year. We'll talk more about that coming up. The college football playoff poll has been released, and there are some people in South Carolina that are livid right now. Everybody in Studio V shaking their head. No, Neil's shaking yes. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I thought... I, 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 Clemson, they're going to get in. But the initial release of the polls, and we'll talk about it later. Yeah. We, we got too much to get they're in to. in the ACC. That's enough said. <laughs> yeah. That is. That strength is. The schedule is but up. you look at Alabama's strength of schedule, they haven't played the, the big gladiators of the SEC yet. Still to come. Happening this week. We got our weekly pick section and a big one. In the SEC, as number two LSU squares off against number three Alabama this week in college football. We'll talk more about that later. But first, guys, we got a game to talk about that took place last Thursday night, Halloween night, on a cold, blustery night here in West Virginia. Our Mountaineers stalled out against the Baylor Bears. I would just like to go on record and say I almost called the biggest upset of the weekend. Almost. Almost. You did. I mean, you went against those Baylor Bears that's really helped and, you over the last two years. And I'll tell you what, guys. Baylor has a lot to fix going forward. If they want to compete with the top end of this conference, they want to compete against Oklahoma, they want to compete against Texas, they're going to have to sure up that offensive line because – what the Steels brothers did on Thursday night was give everybody the blueprint on how you beat Baylor. And that is you just bring the house and you come after Charlie Brewer and make them beat, block you and make them beat you. Defensively, guys, we deserve to win that football game. Our defense deserved to win. I thought we blitzed more than we have any other game. Oh, for sure. So, I mean... Maybe that's the the key to you know blitz a little more. But uh, I thought uh, they did a really good job defensively, and that's uh, 
Way different story from the first game ever in the Big 12, 70 to 63. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 17 to 14 is definitely a defensive battle, which I liked. Uh, I, it was I did ugly, too. But I liked it. it. It was enjoyable to watch if you like defensive football. Now, if you're a fan of offensive football, guys, Baylor still found ways to move the ball, something West Virginia could not do. I think there was one point in the fourth quarter we were down to negative three yards rushing. We end up with a few because, you know, trying to do things there late in the game. I I was so aggravated. And I've mentioned this on the show all season. Guys, it's not the matter that this is a rebuilding year and we are struggling to win at, win football games. My thing is the lack of trying to do something different on offense. I've been in agreement with you that since you've made that statement. I mean, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I mean, how many times can you do the exact same things over and over? There were a couple different wrinkles. Okay, they decide, okay, let's try Wildcat with Kennedy McCoy. Uh, okay, all right, I like it. They get a big, The first time they tried it, they get a big game. They go back to the same exact play... The next time. The next time you try it, you got a center snapping it over McCoy's head like he's seven foot tall. It, you know, I don't know, guys. What, you, are, what are your thoughts, but you, but you have to give the defense uh, credit. They didn't get tired out there in this game. They hung in there the whole game. You know, kind of like um, we had talked uh, yesterday or so. Um, that you know, in the Texas game, when they Texas came here, you could see that our defense kind of got wore out. Especially down the uh, down in the fourth quarter there, and Texas was able to pour it on, and we ended up losing that game. But here in this uh, Baylor game, you could see that uh, that our defense was in there till the end of the game. And um, you know, there was one th- question I, you know, that made me kind of frustrated too was on the field goal. Um, you know, he uh, we we send out a new field goal kicker, and he makes it. Yeah, but we make Delay a, a game. penalty. And guys, just things like that, just yeah. you can't do those for, things. For the first time all year, I've actually questioned Neil Brown. I mean, three timeouts. You know you got a new kicker out there. He sees the play clock. I mean, he admitted, too, that he made yeah. a big mistake by not calling a timeout. Um, would he have made it if they – I don't know. It don't matter. Bottom line is, I think that's the first time all year I've had a question, but I'm still trusting the climb, but I think it's going to be a tough climb, and it's going to take probably three years. So clock management – makes Kelly Gamble lose a little bit for Neil Brown. And I'm going to go ahead and shoot out the reason I lost a little bit for Neil Brown in that game. You are an inept offense that is looking for ways to move the ball. And your quarterback scrambles, makes a big play, takes a blow to the head, gets a 15-yard penalty. He jumps up, pulls his best Baker Mayfield impersonation, and hands the daggone ball back to the defender and erases a 15-yard gain. Now, people looking at reasons why this game went bad, why we lost. You need three points. What if you get that 15 yards from that penalty, you gain another five or ten and give your field goal kicker a shot at the end of the half, and you're up at halftime instead of being down? It's things like that, and I thought for sure Neil Brown would bench Austin Kendall after that play. I thought for sure that would do it. And he sticks with him. He's going to live or die with him. He is going to we live or die with him. We will find out this week. I still think that we're going to see 
different quarterbacks this week. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about that. Okay, so we've seen this. How many games are we into this thing now? Eight. Eight games in. It's been frustrating. You're eight games into the season. Okay, now we know the red shirt rules. So, Dogie will remain a red shirt, and he can play in all four of the last regular season games and keep his year of eligibility. Eight games, you have seen Neil Brown stick with Austin Kendall in poor, 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 poor offensive production. Now, Neil Brown comes out during his press conference this week and says, look, Jack Allison, he's gone. He's in the transfer portal, which we kind of figured that would happen. Uh, going to move Dogie in. He's going to be second, and Trey Lowe's going to be in there, and they might see some playing time to see who the backup quarterback is. Austin Kendall will start the game. And I, I think that's the way it's going to be, and then I think it's, a, but, it's either but, going to be a blowout either way. But but here's my question. The one's in. Here, here's my question. If you've stuck with Austin Kendall through all this and, and the bonehead move that he did and, and the inept offense that he is running, why does anybody think that since Daggy can play now that Neil Brown would pull Austin Kendall and, and go with Daggy? I think why? it's going to be a short hook if he doesn't start the game well. I mean, I, I really believe that he's going to, if he plays the way he did against Baylor, he had one big play, and as you said, it was underthrown and. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. but either way, I think that if he plays the way he did, that he's going to have a quick hook and he's going to give somebody else a chance because the Mountaineer fans, I know we're trusting the climb. But I got a feeling Mountaineer fans this week are going to start to call for Deggy quickly in the game they if will. he's not doing well. And I think Neil Brown's going to listen to those fans, and I think that he's going to pull that quick hook if he's not playing well early. See, I, I don't see it that way. I know you don't. I, I, I don't. I'm hoping he does. I am hoping he does, too, because like I said, if things aren't working, you try something different. Got you got to win three of your next four. Yeah, three. He has experience. Yes, it's in the MAC, but he put up some numbers. So let's see what he can do. At least he has proven he is a starting quarterback at some level. At Austin Kendall never proved that. This is a guy that has rode the bench behind two quarterbacks. And what else does he got on his resume? I just think Neil Brown's not going to make that choice. I think that it, it, the only way you're going to see uh, the other two quarterbacks will be whether they're getting blowed out uh, by Texas Tech or tech, or we're blowing Texas Tech out. But if it's a close game throughout, Kendall's I, I your think, man. Yeah, I, and I believe that. And I think we've got another close game coming yeah. into Morgantown I think these this two Saturday. teams match up well. Guys, um, some reasons we are trusting the climb. Okay, let, let's take some bright spots away from the Baylor game. We've already mentioned the defense. They played lights out. Now, here's the problem with that. You got a lot of injuries piling up still on the defensive side, so you're going to have to have more and more people step up. Winston Wright and that kickoff return. We, we found a kick returner, finally. Yeah, we finally do, yeah. Finally, somebody decided to take off and run hard from the yeah. beginning instead of waiting for a block. I mean, he looked Tavon-esque he did. when he hit that hole. I mean, when he hit the full first speed. when he hit the first wave of defenders, defenders, he was at full speed, and he wasn't stopping. Right. It, it was unbelievable. And a lot of times they dance around back there mm-hmm. waiting for a block, and, and you know, that's how, to me, it's always been. You catch that ball, you go full speed, then you use your vision and find the hole. 
Guys, um, heartbreaking loss on Halloween. I'm interested to see how this team bounces back from it. If they are a little deflated in, in this upcoming week, or do they got the guts to muster out and try to get three of these next four games. Well, see, I think that, that they're going to come back and, and play well because I'm sure the coaching staff said, hey, look, we only lost by three points to the number 12th team in the country, the Baylor Bears. You guys hung in there. You played well. We made some mistakes. I mean, Brown mentioned that his special teams played well, his defense played well. The only thing that didn't play well was his offense. Yeah. So if he can get some corrections here – Going into the next game, then that's what he's going to go for. And this is what bothers me the most about the Baylor loss. Is Baylor gave you probably six opportunities in the second half to win that game. And you can't come up with one offensive possession to do it in. Because our offense is just not there (laughs) at this point in time. And you know, that's why originally I was on two games in the preseason. Because I just didn't see this offensive line being able to block. I didn't see a quarterback that was a good, solid starting quarterback. I don't know. We've got to three. We'll we'll see if we make it to four uh, or above. In, in the I weeks don't think to come. Above, but we might make it to four. And guys, we had talked earlier in the year, October was going to be a tough month. And it was. Now we get to turn the page and look ahead to November. And that is what we're going to do coming up in segment two tonight. We will start previewing West Virginia and Texas Tech coming to you live from Milan Pushkar Stadium in Morgantown this Saturday, 12 noon, our airtime. Neil Waldeck is... 8.30. 8.30, right here on Preston County's Mountaineer Station, 96.7 K-Country. We are back on the Blitz simulcasting on the Sports Roundtable podcast. Good to have you along. It is time for... My fight song of the week. And guys, usually I go with an upset or something like that from the previous week. Not this week. Here is our fight song of the week. How about those Florida State Seminoles, guys? They have started the coaching carousel by firing Willie Tigert after one and a half seasons as the head coach. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. You don't win at Florida State, you're out. It's My goodness, guys. A year and a half. Top. He did. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Guys, and, and Aaron Host has said it the best on the show. He did. Florida State is a dumpster fire. Flat-out dumpster fire. They lose to their rival Miami last week and say, we've had enough after a year and a half. We can't do this anymore. You, Willie Tigert, are gone. You are history. So let the rumor mill begin, guys. And we've already heard it. First two names out of the gate for this job, Bob Stoops and Urban Meyer. Both have said they are not (laughs) involved in the search. So who is... On Florida State shortlist. Let's talk about this real quick, guys. I have a candidate list in front of me right now. And on the very top of that list, if you have a dumpster fire that needs to be put out, who you going to call? Matt Roll from Baylor. What he has done with that dumpster fire 
in three years is absolutely incredible. Guys, do you think Matt Rule wants to go to the bigger job, wants to take on that task again? Your guys' thoughts real quick. I would say yeah. I think uh, because he's done it at Temple, now he's done it at Baylor, he's uh, getting uh, a recognition for it. And if he can find somewhere, a great program where he can settle in, then and Florida State may just be that. Uh, they'll they'll give him more money, of course. He's in the ACC. Uh, I think that's where he'll, he, uh, if if it's available, I believe he uh, goes. Kelly? I, I agree. I think that he will go. All uh, right. He's definitely, again, turned the tables where he's been. And, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a bigger mess of where no, he's at. you so, couldn't. No doubt about it. I think that he could go there and actually retire from coaching at Florida State. Here's the rest of the list. Interesting names on it. Of course, P.J. Fleck from Minnesota, who has that team undefeated, um, looking to take on Penn State this week, uh, and is did really well at Western Michigan. He is second on the list that I have. Third, another Big 12 name, Matt Campbell, an Iowa State's head coach. I, I can see that as well. The, the ceiling is very low at Iowa State. I could see him maybe taking the big job. Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. We know what he's done this year. Got Wake Forest looking good. Here's here's reaching for the stars. Don't think you're going to get it. James Franklin from Penn State. Yeah, I, I don't mean. see him leaving Penn State for Florida State. Conference, no. Another Big 12 name, Gary Patterson and TCU, which I don't think is, I think that's wishing. I don't think Patterson's going to leave that. Scott Statterfield from Louisville, who's only been there a year. I, I don't know. And one of the most interesting names on the list to me, guys, and if you're not going to get Matt Rule, I think you jump all the way to the bottom of the list and you go ahead and offer the job to Les Miles <laughs> at Kansas. Because, um, guys, I, Les Miles. He can bring in recruits. He can. And, and I, I don't know. We'll see, but a very Big 12-eccentric coaching search going on right now by Florida State. We will see where that who lands there in the weeks to come. I don't think Matt Campbell would go. I think he's kind of disappointed right now with the way things have went for Iowa State, even though they're having a fairly decent – he wanted it a little bit better than that. So I think he sticks there because he wants to win – something for Iowa State fans because they are great fans there at Iowa State. They support that team, and I just see him staying put uh, at Iowa State. We will have to wait and see. Guys, I've got more coaching controversy, a surprise for you guys, coming up in the next segment. Nobody wants to miss this. Okay, nobody wants to miss what I've got for you coming up a little bit later on in the show. Big game in Morgantown this week. West Virginia hosting the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Both teams coming in 3-5, and five, having to win three out of their last four games to get bowl eligible. Texas Tech is in the first season of coach the coaching era of Matt Wells. Was at Utah State last year, known for high-powered offenses, just like we've known out of Cliff's Cliff Kingsbury's teams in the past at Texas Tech. And offensively, guys, you know, they've got the weapons. Uh, quarterback still a question, but, man, T.J. Vasher still there. I, I don't understand how that guy is still on the team. I mean, he 
feels like he's been there for nine years already. But, um, you know, I, I my thing with Texas Tech has always been this. They are great offensively. Uh, they've never wanted to play defense under Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know if Matt Wells has had time to create the defense that he wants at Texas Tech. Neil Waldeck, we go to you. Your thoughts on Texas Tech? Well, I mean, Texas Tech may not be, uh, they, they may be about all offense, but uh, you got a, a secondary guy with seven interceptions. So uh, they have been playing fairly good defense in these uh, conference games. Um, they're kind of been kind of like we have. They're up and down kind of a team. They got the, the two quarterback uh, dual threat, I guess, uh, Duffy and uh, the other quarterback, uh, Bowman, and both them uh, seeing uh, playing time, and both are pretty well equal in their their amount of time playing. So uh, I think this team, we match up well. I think these are two teams that ha- are struggling uh, to try to find an identity between the two teams. And uh, so I think it uh, should be an interesting game between uh, Texas Tech and West Virginia. I think it's going to be one of these It's Going to go down to the wire. That's what I see comes uh, Saturday at Milan Pushkar Stadium. Let me remind everybody about last week's loss to Kansas by Texas Tech. Uh, the bonehead play on special teams. Uh, Kansas drives down the field to kick the game-winning field goal. Four, five, six seconds left on the clock. Texas Tech blocks the field goal and the kid picks it up and tries to run with it he gets tackled he fumbles the ball Kansas gets another shot at the field goal and wins the game um special teams (laughs) could come into play in this game Kelly Gamble your thoughts West Virginia Texas Tech last year we took a big lead against Texas Tech we knocked out Bowman Mm -hmm. in comes Duffy and Duffy Made us look like uh, one of those video games. Uh, you know, the quarterback, he ran wild against us, and he played really well. And I think that uh, when you look back at that, I think that they're going to – I think that we have problems against quarterbacks such as We that. do. So we do. I got a feeling that Texas Tech is going to play Duffy more than Bowman. And as we saw last week, we had 10 sacks against Charlie Brewer. Uh, that's amazing. I, I don't remember ever a game that the Mountaineers has had 10 sacks. It was 10. Is that correct? Eight. Eight? Eight. Okay, yep. eight. Eight. Uh, but eight, eight sacks, with uh, uh, twelve tackles for loss. Okay, uh, but either way, eight sacks. Even I mean, we haven't seen that type it's of crazy. pressure in a long time. And and Bowman, I think that we can get pressure on, and Duffy has the opportunity to extend the play. So I think we're going to see a lot of Duffy, and, and I I still think that this West Virginia team is decimated by injuries. I think it's going to be tough for them. Uh, it's I don't I see it as a close game. Um, and what is the best offense against a very aggressive defense? Well, anytime it's a running quarterback. The running quarterback. I mean, you know, yeah. you get a good pass rush, and he's going to step up into the pocket and take you off. Get one-on-one coverage yeah. on the outside receivers, and he's got open field. And Duffy's yeah. proven against us already that he can do that. And we've seen the problems with mobile quarterbacks. You you look at Kelly Bryant in the Missouri game. He he made our defenders look really funny at, at times out there. So I do believe Texas Tech will go with a heavy dose of Jet Duffy and. T.J. Vasher, a guy that they can get the ball multiple ways, whether that be through the air in the slot. Um, statistically, guys, um, you know, 
You look at what Texas Tech has given up defensively. It's almost the same as West Virginia. They're allowing 284 passing yards a game, 175 rushing. West Virginia, though, only averaging 79 yards of rushing per game. And guys, if you want to look at a reason why we can't win football and we can't produce offensively, You've got to look at your rushing statistics, and it it tells the story. You can't get it done with 79 yards of offense. It doesn't help when you have negative 48, Chris, with two bad snaps. That (laughs) takes off the rushing total, too. Yeah, it does. uh, As a team, minus 48. Yeah. But that still takes off the rushing yardage of the Baylor game, so that sure don't help when you have mistakes like that either. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And more injuries uh, pouring in. Barrett. Barrett. Um, on that offensive line, T.J. Simmons, uh, West Virginia's leading receiver this year, is is doubtful. Kennedy McCoy is questionable. Um, I guess Mathis's name has been mentioned. Um, now that we're in that four game window where you can just play these guys that that you have to, I, I look for Winston Wright to try to get involved a little bit. Guys, there's another thing. Okay, early in the year when you were having a little bit of offensive success, you were getting the ball to Bush. When Bush was out, you were getting the ball to Mathis, not Mathis, uh, Winston Wright Jr. That's went away. We've went away from that. So I think you got to get that back into the game plan at some point as well. Uh, defensively, some of the guys, God, it just defensively, they're banged up. <laughs> That's all they there are. is to uh, say. And, and that could be, uh, you know, if Texas Tech can take advantage of that, they could end up winning this game uh, because of our, our injuries and, and, and the lack of depth. More young players will have to get more playing time uh, this Saturday. West Virginia on the end of a four-game losing streak. Texas Tech has now lost three in a row, but Texas Techs have all been close. Uh, they lost to Baylor double overtime, 33-30 on a game on a controversial call. Should have won that game. Should have won. Uh, Big 12 even saying they blew that call. Iowa State, they lost by 10 last week, losing in the last seconds on another bonehead play uh, on a on special teams. So... And I mentioned it last week. It's almost like all the new coaches in the Big 12 have something to hang their hat on. When is Neil Brown going to get the one to hang his hat on? Guys, you got to win three out of four to get to a bowl game. If you're going to get those three wins, looking at how Kansas State is playing, you got to start this week. You got to get a win this week. I would say you got to at least win your two home games and then. If you're trying to get to a, a, a bowl situation, you'd have to win your uh, next two home games, and maybe then it comes down to TCU and, yeah. and WVU at the end of the season. Which because could be, I don't think you can beat Kansas State on the road. Which could be a, a game that both teams are battling for bowl eligibility. And that could be, yeah. So, Kelly, your thoughts, bowl game? I know you, you, you said it earlier, kind of just looking forward to next season. Uh, we're decimated. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to be tough. You picked four wins, I picked five. Yep. So I didn't think that we would make a bowl game, but I, I'm not sure that I knew it was going to be this tough. But then again, you can't foresee injuries. Yeah. And the injury situation, I mean, we didn't know that 
that Petaway was going to be redshirted. I mean, there's been a lot happen. A lot of the portal stuff. I mean, there's just been so much happen. So I think that uh, Neil Brown's uh, he has a tough time here his first year, maybe a little more than what he expected. You know, I saw something the other day. Six players have entered the transfer portal since Neil Brown got here. Then you take away all the injuries that this team has sustained throughout the year. And guys, just take a watch of this team on TV and listen to the names that are being called. You've never heard of most of these guys. And guys, that defense is playing so well with guys that... Guzman, he did. And yeah. He got hurt. Yeah, and he's banged up now. And he, he played a heck of a week, game. Has it does decent, and then now he's out. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. We'll see if the Mountaineers can come away with a victory this Saturday, twelve noon, our airtime set for eight thirty a.m. here on your Mountaineer station. Coming up after this very short break, we are going to be talking about the college football playoff. Poll, the first one released last night. We'll be talking all about that coming up next. Stay tuned to the Blitz simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. Red Raider Welcome back, everybody, to the Blitz. Um, it is the Neil Waldeck Song of the Week. I, I, Neil, I hate to do this, but I hate to do the whole Beavis and Butthead routine with you right now, but uh, Beavis, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, this is a song I found out of the archives, Chris. <laughs> this is a song uh, this gentleman wrote, and he uh, played this for the Texas Tech Red Raiders on their journey uh, for their basketball team to the Final Four. And it's text, uh, 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 Red Raiders Rain is the oh name my. of the song. So good, too, Neil. <laughs> uh, Beavis. But, uh, Beavis. I, I don't know what this is, Beavis. Yeah, it, it's not one of your on the charts uh, top 40 uh, uh, music uh, on the billboard or anything. But no. I, I, I went in and said, hey, I want to try something different. I want to look at something different. And, uh, you know, Red Raiders rain is what this guy's saying, but we're going to cut the reins this Saturday as the Mountaineers uh, take on those uh, Texas Tech. Join us 8.30 Saturday morning for all the pregame activities. We'll have about 10 hours of coverage for you Saturday. I got to get this off, Neil. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, we don't want uh, Red Raiders raining on our station here. Guys. I, I love to say, and I love to talk about when I'm right. Does anybody, have you guys figured it out yet, what I'm talking about? No, you've been keeping us in suspense here. Why don't you share well, the information? Well, guys, just leaked. Okay. Good. We we might, as the time we're doing this show, might be one of the first few with this knowledge. Sources say that Shiano has met with Rutgers officials in Columbus, Ohio. Happened on Tuesday. And people are reporting that the meeting ended without Shiano taking the job yet. But Rutgers knows. Rutgers has listened to me. Now, my, my question is, did they use my, my spiel that, that I did on the show? 
Did they go up to Greg and say, "Greg, we need you as much as you need us, man"? And is it a is it a uh, you know it's not a done deal? Not at this a done point. deal as of uh, the the time of the show, but I I would say why wouldn't Greg Schiano take this job? Has not taken the job yet. Could be very very soon though. Former Tennessee coach Butch Jones also interviewed for the job. We'll we also have to talked see. about him, didn't yep. we? Butch Jones, Greg Schiano. Looks like the top two candidates for the Rutgers job at Butch this Jones point. Butch Jones went from power five, and he just keeps going down and down. <laughs> so, Great um, coordinator. He would be glad to have that job. Yeah, great coordinator. He is a good coordinator. Greg Schiano is the man that can win at Rutgers. Keep that in mind. I'm telling you, Greg Schiano takes that job. I'm on the Rutgers bandwagon. He'll have them there in four to five, competing for the Big Ten title. He'll be with the names of Penn State and Ohio State, who are the top two teams this week in the college football playoff poll. Not the top two. Number one and number four. Ohio State, Penn State. Sandwiched in between those two Big Ten teams, two SEC teams, LSU and Alabama. And on the outside looking in, the Clemson Tigers, the reigning defending champions on the outside looking in. Georgia is at number six. Guys, I would love to hear your opinion. Did Clemson get the shaft? No. 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 Uh, and the thing is, Clemson knows too. All they got to do is just look at the teams above them. They got to play each other. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, all they got to do is keep winning. And if they keep winning... It doesn't matter where they're at right now, and I think every coach will say that, coach speak, that we just got to do our job. We keep winning. It takes care of itself. And if they keep winning, those teams are going to defeat each other. Yeah, because so. yeah, LSU Alabama do play this week, and you get Ohio State, Penn State at right. the end of the month. And Penn State's got to take on a very – and travel to a very tough Minnesota, Minnesota team yeah. this but, week. But no, I, I think they got it right. Okay, I, I'd be in agreement with the pollsters. Neil, your thoughts? Clemson, did they get the chance? I was uh, in favor of Ohio State being number one. I thought maybe LSU. I believe LSU should have been number one. Schedule, uh, but um, you know it is what it is. But like you said, uh, those two Big Ten teams will face each other, and so it's all going to play itself out. And then Alabama and LSU uh, will play as well. So, so all this is going to play out. And Clemson, who's kind of outside looking in, will find their way back in to the top four. This is why I'm comparing Clemson and Alabama. And I know the ACC is a little weak this year, but let's just go down Alabama's schedule real quick. Duke, New Mexico State, South Carolina, Southern Miss, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Arkansas. Guys, they should be able to win all those games, in yeah, my opinion. Easily. Now, granted, they do get LSU this week, yeah, and then Auburn at the end of the year, sandwiched in those between those two games. If you're wondering, Mississippi State and Western Carolina. That is, uh, I don't know, and I know why they're getting all the respect. I, I get it, but Clemson's schedule looks much better than that even though the ACC's down. Alabama has played the bottom-tiered teams of the SEC. They played nobody out of conference, 
and yet they're still in the top four. Don't agree with it. Again, I think this all comes down to the schedule. Also, your conference, what, uh, who you're playing in. And Clemson, of course, is not in that SEC. If they was, they'd have probably been in the top four. But because they're in an ACC and it's weak right now, I think that's why you find uh, uh, Clemson outside looking in. I think strength of schedule has to be the biggest thing they look at, but I also think they look at margin of victory. I think they that's have. why Ohio State is actually number yeah. one right now because they have blown everybody out. They have. And Alabama's blown everybody out. Clemson has had some tough games. They North have. Carolina's not a team that they should have only won by a point. I think that you look at stuff like that, that's what they're looking at. Uh, but like I said, it'll play itself out either way. And uh, Clemson is not as good as last year. I mean, Lawrence is the man. He's great. But their defense lost a lot of number one picks off of that defensive front last year. And I think that Clemson's defense is not quite as good as they was last year. And I think that loss, uh, or not the loss, but uh, the close game with North Carolina, I think those played a, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, something with the uh, – with the board there when they made the decision, I think those kind of close games yeah. uh, made uh, Clemson uh, number five. They just felt like, uh, you know, this is not the same dominant team that we've seen in the past. So we've, we know where the five of the seven undefeated teams are right now. They control the top five spots. There's two others, though. Baylor, also 8-0 out of the Big 12, setting at number 12 currently. And they've got the majority of their schedule to come in November. Their schedule definitely backloaded. So Baylor will have a chance to impress the committee. All the way down at number 17 is Minnesota, who is just lurking. Guys, do you want a scary, scary stat? The last time Minnesota went 8-0 was 1962. Do you know what Minnesota did that year? Mm, won the national title. Won the national title. Could history repeat itself? They get the opportunity to impress this upcoming week. They get number four Penn State at home. Look out for Minnesota, everybody. I'm telling you, PJ Flex got it going on. We'll pick that game coming up in the pick segment a little later on. We start looking at one loss teams Georgia at six, Oregon at seven. Their only loss is to Auburn. Utah is at number eight, losing early in the year to California. And Oklahoma, with their one loss, against Kansas State. Guys, among those four teams, Georgia, Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma, who's got the best chance to make it as a one-loss team? Oregon. I agree with you. I would have said Georgia. Okay. Georgia, though. Here's the thing with Georgia. Georgia will probably win the SEC East, meaning they will have to play the SEC West school. Alabama or LSU. Now, here's the thing. If Alabama and LSU, their only loss is to one another, that kind of rules out the SEC East team. You're going to have to have something else happen in the SEC West to knock that team out. And I, I just don't know if that bodes well for Georgia. I like Oregon, though. I like Oregon. I think Oklahoma has another loss somewhere in there, and I think Utah does as well. Guys, we've also been tracking the non-Power 5 schools in the rankings. Let's go over them right now, starting at the bottom. SMU starts off at 25 after their loss to Memphis this past week. Navy jumps in. They're 7-1. They're at 24. 
Boise State is seven and one. They're at twenty-two. Memphis is eight and one. They're at twenty-one. And the leader of the pack in non-power five schools right now, Cincinnati, seven and one, led by Luke Fickle. Can they make a run at that uh, New Year's Six game? Are they going to be the one that does it? Do you know what their score was in our loss? It was to Ohio State, forty-two to nothing. To Ohio State, forty-two to nothing. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't think that they're as strong this year. Central Florida made a case, of course, the last couple of years, but uh, I don't think there's any of those non-Power Five schools that's really going to. I don't. See you don't. So you're saying it, the one that does make the New Year Six doesn't give a power Not team a run year. for their money? Not this year. Last year, last two years, Central Florida has played great and yeah. almost won those games. But no, this year I think that. It's weaker than it has been in the past, and I don't see them uh, competing against the big boys this year, not any of the schools there in the non-Power 5 conference. Neil? I agree. I don't see any that's popping up that's saying uh, that this is going to be a team to to deal with, so I agree with that. All right, folks, that is the first release of the college football playoff. Poll, of course, all throughout the rest of the year, the rest of the month, will be watching this very closely, and the game's that will be uh, basically deciding who will be those final four playing for a national championship. Stay tuned. Our pick six segment of the show is coming up next, where we pick six of the top games in college football for the weekend right here on the Blitz Simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. And welcome back, everybody. Chris Westfall, the host of the Blitz Simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast alongside Neil Waldeck and Kelly Gamble in Studio B. Aaron Host is absent this evening as he watches more game film and prepares for the home stretch of November. Aaron won another week last week, guys. Nine and two. The rest of us go seven and four, meaning Aaron now has a two-game lead on myself. Neil Waldeck, Aaron has a five-game lead over you and Kelly. Seven, seven games to make up in a uh, month. We still have bowl week. I'm, I'm yeah, we still bowl, got the bowl bowls, month. but you know, four weeks left in the regular season and championship week. You need I'm, to be close. I'm still fine. I'm ready. You need to be close. I've been lurking in the background all year. Calling some upsets this week, aren't you, Kelly? I am. I kind of figured you would be. All right, let's go. Pick six segment of the show, picking six of the top games in college football this week. Make sure you stay tuned and keep listening to the Sports Roundtable podcast where we will have five exclusive picks just for the podcast this evening. Here we go. Let's start Big 12 football. 8-0 Baylor has to travel to Fort Worth to face their rival TCU. TCU, one of those bubble teams. 4-4, four and four, needing wins to get to 6 and get to bowl eligibility. Neil Waldeck, we'll start with you. Baylor, TCU. Well, uh, Chris, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Baylor Bears in this one. I think uh, Baylor, uh, you know, TCU is one of those teams that could knock them off, uh, but I think Baylor may squeak out a win. They've had that kind of luck. And then I also have Aaron's uh, picks as well, so okay. I'll share his uh, while I've got them uh, with me. Uh, he's uh, going to go with the uh, 
um, TCU. He uh-huh. believes that they TCU. are the better team. In so I upset. take Baylor. He takes TCU. Kelly Gamble. That angers me. <laughs> because you took TCU and you needed to yes. make a game up. I'm taking oh, TCU man. and was hoping to pick one up on him there. So. Well, I'll give you a chance to get one from me. I'm going to stick with Baylor this week. Uh, Baylor has a lot of things, though, to get um, shirt up and ready before they make the run against the big boys of the Big 12 in Oklahoma and Texas. Baylor wins this week. Guys, moving our attention to the SEC and possibly the game of the year. LSU comes in ranked number two, taking on Alabama, ranked number three in the nation. Both teams are undefeated. 3.30 kickoff on CBS. Guys, can LSU finally get over the Alabama hump? This is what Ed Ogeron is being judged against right now. Coach O, one heck of a coach, but he has to get over the Alabama hump. Kelly Gamble does he do it this year? Most of the year, I was going to say yes. But since I'm down a little bit and Alabama's at home, I'm taking the roll tide. And I have to go Tigers, as Coach O would say, because, guys, I, I've said LSU all year. I, I think this is their year. I'm sticking to it. LSU goes on the road, gets a huge win against Alabama, and moves to number one next week. Neil Waldeck. Uh, I'm taking Alabama in this matchup. I think um, Alabama is uh, too tough at home. LSU uh, is going to play a heck of a game. I think it's going to be close. But I think Alabama uh, squeaks it out. And Aaron is in favor of you, Chris. He likes uh, the Tigers in this matchup. Smart kid. Real smart kid. I like him. Moving back to the Big 12 for a second. Kansas State. They're on a kind of a roll, guys. Six and two. Who thought Kansas State would be in the top three of the Big 12 under first-year coach Chris Kleiman. He's done an unbelievable job. Got to travel into Austin, though, to take on the Longhorns. Can Texas start to recoup some time to heal after a bye week? I'm going to go Texas. Very, very close game in Austin. Neil Waldeck and Aaron Host. Uh, yeah, I like uh, the Longhorns in this matchup too, Chris. I think they uh, outlast Kansas State. And also Aaron uh, likes the Longhorns in this matchup. And Kelly Gamble. I do as well. Okay. Let's move on to the Big Ten for a second. Two teams kind of getting overlooked by all the strength of the Big Ten. Iowa at Wisconsin. Both teams 6-2 and two, ranked in the top 25 of the college football playoff poll. Kelly Gamble, who do you like in this game? I would just don't have the offense, and I think that Wisconsin uh, recoups a little bit at home, and I'll take the Badgers. Neil and Aaron. Uh, Aaron and I both agree we like uh, Wisconsin in this one too. If it was on the road, might be a different story. I like I like Wisconsin to finally get things turned back around. Moving back into the Big 12 to finish off the pick segment, six segment of the show tonight. Iowa State and Matt Campbell, 5-3 and three on the year, travel to Norman, Oklahoma. Last time we saw Oklahoma, they were getting beat by Kansas State. Kelly, do you see another upset coming in Norman? I'd like to pick it, but no. Oklahoma. I don't as I don't either. I, Iowa State, beginning of the year, we were all kind of big on them, and this might have been the game we were looking at. Uh, Matt Campbell, just not quite there this season. But remember... 
Two years ago, Iowa State went on the road to Norman and beat Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma still got a little bit too much for him. Neil Waldeck. And uh, Aaron and I both uh, like the Sooners in this matchup as well. All right, 12 noon Saturday. You can see the game on ESPN2. Make sure you turn your television volume down. Turn your radio up to hear the game call by Tony Caridi. Pre-game begins 8.30 a.m. with all the people there from MSN by Learfield IMG College. West Virginia, Texas Tech come into this game both at 3-5, and five, needing to win three out of their last four to get to bowl eligibility. Neil Waldeck, let's start with you. West Virginia, Texas Tech. Uh, I like uh, West Virginia to squeak out a close one. I think this one's going to be like 27-24. to 24. It's going to be that kind of a close game. And also, uh, Aaron uh, likes uh, WVU in this matchup as well. Neil, do you believe... With the offense the way it is right now, they can really put up that many points. I think or are 20- you saying there's a quarterback change in this game? Um, and look, well, I think there might be a quarterback change <laughs> okay. in this game. I All don't right. know. Uh, I I do believe though. I think the defense might score a touchdown. Okay. All right. Another it's special helpful. teams return again. Never know. It could be. Yeah. Could be. So Kelly Gamble will go to you, Mountaineers, Texas Tech. I just think we're decimated, and I'll facets of the game the defense has looked good but again we got more injuries uh norwood is going to have to keep his head in the game and play the right way i think that hurt us a lot last week i think texas tech with duffy finds a way to to get away from that blitz and texas tech wins 27 20 all right guys I, i took west virginia last week in an upset i almost got it so close. West Virginia needing a win. I almost say this is a must win to keep their bowl hopes alive for the year. I, I saw so much good stuff out of that defense. And, and right now they're playing at a level where I think is infectious. And I think it wears off on the guys that are coming in having to fill some of those spots. I think West Virginia wins this week. I'm going West Virginia 17-14. Score sound familiar? I think we get one in our favor this week. Make sure you stay tuned to the Sports Roundtable podcast if you're listening on there uh, for five more exclusive picks. If you're not listening to the podcast, make sure you find us wherever you find your podcast, the Sports Roundtable podcast. Until next week, this is Chris Westfall for Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and the absent Aaron Host. You've been listening to The Blitz on 96.7 K-Country. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thank you for either switching over to the podcast or staying with us. We would like to thank everybody that's been listening to this podcast all year long, and we hope you enjoy it, and we hope that you continue listening each and every week. We've already set the scene here for the pick segment. Let's continue right on with the big showdown in the Big Ten. Two undefeated teams going at it. Penn State on one end of the spectrum. Number four, where Minnesota is the lowest ranked undefeated team in the country. I tell you what, guys, if Minnesota can pull this upset, watch for them to jump skyrocket to the top, maybe into the top four next week because the playoff committee is loving the Big Ten this year. 
Neil Waldeck, I'll go to you first. It's a noon game, ABC in Minnesota. Neil Waldeck. I'm going with the Gophers. I think they might just squeak out a win here over Penn State. On you know, uh, this could be a hostile environment. Uh, the uh, the coach has done an excellent job with Minnesota. I think they squeak out a win over Penn State. How about Aaron Host? And Aaron, he believes the Nittany Lions, Nittany uh, Lions will come away with a victory, and and they have done a well good job yeah. uh, because they've got a tough schedule. They have. They and, have um, been. Uh, battle tested, I guess you could say. So he's going with uh, Penn State in this matchup. Kelly Gamble, upset in his eyes. No, no. I think that uh, Minnesota does not win a national title this year. <laughs> and I think that Penn State pulls this one out. 1962 was the year, the last time the Golden Gophers started a season 8 and 0. Oh. Will history repeat itself? Will they win their second national title? Not this year. Penn State. (laughs) Close game. Close game. Keep an eye on it. It's 12 noon. I'm going Minnesota. Guys, we've talked about Florida State. And I put this on the pick sheet before I knew that they were going to have an interim head coach. So I may have switched my pick a little bit here. They're traveling to Boston College. Boston College 5 and 4. Kelly Gamble, you first. Uh, This is one that I'm hoping that uh, this is Florida State, Boston College, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Boston College been on a roll. Florida State's going in with a new coach for the first time. Yep. He's out to prove a point. I'm hoping to pick one up here on a few of you here. So Florida State. Yeah, you got me because I'm going Boston College. I, I just think it's in such an uproar in Florida State right now. I think rolling in an interim coach just spells doom to your year this year. I, I think you're pretty much gave up on it. And I think Boston College rolls. Neil Waldeck. And uh, Aaron and I uh, both think uh, the Eagles uh, will uh, do the same. They they were dominant against Syracuse. They got an excellent uh, uh, running back in Dillon. And uh, I think the, they'll cruise past Florida State. Guys, let's keep it in the ACC for the next couple games, okay? Wake Forest, 7-1 and one on the year. Traveling to Blacksburg to take on the Hokies, a Hokie team that took Notre Dame to the limit last week. Are the Hokies back? No. Don't be silly. Clawson has got Wake Forest moving in the right direction. I think they go on the road and get a big win in Blacksburg. I'm going Wake Forest. Neil Waldeck. Uh Aaron and I uh, both uh, believe the Hokies uh, will come out. Uh, so you're you're buying course, into the resurgent, good, but they barely beat a Florida State team that is in uh, shambles, and uh, they take on a Virginia Tech team who played fairly well against uh, Notre Dame. So uh, we think the Hokies uh, will pull out a victory. Kelly Gamble, I didn't want him to do that either because <laughs> I'm taking Virginia Tech. <laughs> I'm the only one that takes Wake, a seven and one team. Okay, all right. Louisville travels to Miami. Miami, the cause of the firing of Willie Tiger. I, I don't think Miami's the only culprit in that decision, but big part of it. You, Florida State loses to their rival last week, both on a rebuilding year. And Neil, you said it best earlier when you said, you know, Florida State looks and says, "Oh, we're we're they're rebuilding too, and we can't beat them." Yeah. Hey guys, I'm going to go Miami at home beating Louisville. Neil Waldeck. Uh, yeah, me and Aaron uh, think the same way. We believe the Hurricanes, uh, they'll get their uh, sixth win. They're bowl bound. And Kelly. I agree. Okay. 
Last game of the night, folks, and I tell you, interesting little tricky game in the SEC East. Will Missouri start to build back up? We know they've got the talent to do it. They're a good football team, but I think that one-year bowl suspension's kind of putting a frazzle on their year. What's a better way than to upset a highly ranked Georgia team? Neil Waldeck, will they do it? I, uh, well, of course, Aaron and I both uh, like the Bulldogs in this matchup. We, uh, they, they played a, a phenomenal game against Florida, uh, beat them, and uh, they got a lot of momentum right now, and I don't think Missouri is going to upset Georgia at Georgia. Kelly. I agree. Mm. We're not gaining much ground, are we? Uh, I have a few different ones this week. Okay, so all right. I'm going with Georgia as well. I, I think Missouri is very close to checking out for the season. Guys, we will update you next week on the progress of our picks in this year-long chase here at the station to find out who knows more about college football. And watch out, Aaron Host, man. He's watching that game film. He's building up for the November stretch. We'll see how he does this week. Until this, until next week, I'm Chris Westfall for Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and Aaron Hosting. Good night, and we'll talk to you all next week, okay?